Does the name physician assistant capture the real core of the PA role? And is the title of assistant hindering efforts to advance the PA profession? You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Dave Mittman. Dave is a PA and the president-elect of the American College of Clinicians, the only national organization to advocate and promote the mutual interest of physician assistants and nurse practitioners. He is also the founder of Clinician One, the first and only online home for PAs and NPs. Today we're discussing the name physician assistant and how the word assistant in the title may be impeding the growth of the PA profession. Hi Dave, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Dave, when you graduated from PA school, what was your title? My title was physician associate, and so was many other PAs who graduated. So when and why did the name change from physician associate to physician assistant? I think it was in probably about 1975 or 6, where the AMA felt that the name physician associate or physician's associate, which was the original name that the profession had and still has at Duke University, the AMA felt that that the name was a mistake, that it connoted that we were physicians and that it was too misleading to the public. And, And possibly at that time, that may have been so. I think that, you know, everything has to be taken in perspective. And Maybe at that time they were correct. I'm not sure. I don't think many of us agreed, but certainly looking out 40 years from Duke University and the first physician associate program, it's clear that we're not physician's assistants anymore. And this is not a plea for independent practice or to go start a uh, practice on the corner and compete with physicians at all. It's a plea for common sense. In our society, And certainly in medicine or the allied health fields or the dentistry fields or the veterinary fields, an assistant is someone at the technical level. They don't make generally independent judgments. They don't diagnose. They don't treat. In fact, I don't know any other assistant in the legal field, in the medical field, and and again, in any other allied field that can write a prescription or can make a diagnosis that would hold up in court. We can And so the first thing that happens when someone meets a physician's assistant or a physician assistant is if you're a patient, you say, okay, they're here to help out. And and clearly we are, but we're also there to diagnose, treat, prescribe, and see patients. And the assistant part really gets confusing and I think misleading to the public. I think it hurts physicians and practices we work in. I think it confuses patients. It certainly, in my lifetime of being an involved PA, has confused legislators, has confused consumers, insurance companies, medical administrators, nurses who said they even didn't want to be PAs because they felt that they didn't want to be the handmaidens of doctors. So the assistant part is really, it may have been good for a while, but certainly now we're not doing it. And I think it, it hurts physicians who we work with, and it hurts us, and it hurts our patients. So what should the name be? Without hiring a Wall Street firm and going back and doing a $2 million study, I still believe physician associate fits. I think an associate professor is not a full professor. I think uh, an associate lecturer at a college is not a full lecturer or a full whatever. And an associate in our case, fits. We work arm-in-arm, hand-in-hand. 
We could be 50 miles away. We could be running our own clinic. We could be in Iraq doing trauma that most physicians can't do. And yet we still are associated with physicians. I don't think we really want that to change. But we also don't want to be looked at as medical assistants any longer. You know, the little nurse in the corner, oh, do you hand, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked in 35 years if I do the charts for the doctor and hand the doctor towels. And that shouldn't be anymore. It's just not right. It's not right to our educational level. It's not right to the young, bright kids who go in and want to be a PA. And it's not right to the PAs that are out there really working hard and making a difference. And I think most physicians can't deny the difference we're making, that there's a name that just doesn't fit anymore. So why hasn't the name been changed? I think PAs have been reluctant. It's not something we wanted to go to the wall for, although all of us or many of us or most of us, and I think there have been some surveys done over the years, and it's been about 80%, have really seen the name as an impediment to their professional, personal, and also the practice's growth. And We just didn't know how to change it. We were told, well, if you go back and you open up the law, the medical society is going to attack you or the state, you know, board of medicine won't like it or this or that. And in speaking to physicians, it's funny. They're the people who say, you guys have a really bad name. I mean, you know, and when you say originally at Duke, I mean, every physician I've ever said, hey, our original name at Duke was associate are like, well, that's a really better name. That's clearer about what you do. You're certainly not at the level of the medical assistant. That works. So to get back to your original question, I'm sorry. We really just never took the time or the energy because I think the profession had more important things and more important battles and also really didn't get to the level until the last about 10 years where it was clearly misleading. Now it is. And because of those two things, there's much more of an outcry now. I think we could only hope that if we went to organized medicine, be it at the state level, be it at the AMA level, be it at the AOA level, and said, listen, this is misleading. It hurts us. It hurts you. It hurts healthcare. It's not like we want to open up a practice next door. It's just wrong. It's just something that needs to be turned around because it's just it's wrong. That they would say, you know what, we agree. There are no other assistants who can do what you do. You know, even for us to look at the fact that PAs are held to the same standard of care as a physician. There's no PA standard of care. There's no what would be the appropriate standard of care of a PA in your community. It's, okay, if you miss a breast tumor, you miss a breast tumor. And by the way, it's the same for nurse practitioners. There's one standard of care for primary care. There might be another standard of care for surgery, certainly, or someone with more advanced training. But otitis media is otitis media. It's not treated a different way by a PA. Again, there's no other profession that's labeled assistant, that's held to the same standard as the people they assist. It's really silly. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Dave Mittman, PA and President-Elect of the American College of Clinicians. We're discussing the name Physician Assistant and how the word assistant in the title may be impeding the growth of the PA profession. Dave, I've heard recently that the name physician assistant has now become the recognizable name of the profession and that changing it now would just cause more confusion. What do you think about that? I think that's nonsense. I think general practitioners were general practitioners in this country for 100 years. And one day they got up and they said, listen, we want to be family doctors. We want to be family physicians. 
And that's what we want to be known by. Podiatrists in my generation, when I graduated school, were chiropodists. And that's a much bigger stretch. And, and they just said, you know what, chiropodist, I don't know why they did it. I have no idea, except that they felt podiatrist meant something more accurate. And they went ahead and changed it. And I think any profession that's evolving, and especially in our case, look at the way we've evolved over 40 years. I mean, it's a miracle. And I'm thankful for it. I think it's great. But clearly, PA would still remain PA, which is the biggest argument. And I think most PAs say, when you walk in a room, you say, hi, I'm Dave Mittman. I'm a PA, or I have said I'm a physician assistant. I'm here to take care of you or find out what's wrong or let's get to the bottom of what brought you here today. And that's fine. And it's not going to be a stretch at all to say physician assistant or physician associate. And we could even blend it in in time. I mean, it doesn't have to be an overnight change in every state, 50 states in the union either. So... No, I don't think that's a problem at all. Well, some universities still use the title physician associate, and many PAs call themselves associates. Are there any laws prohibiting a PA from simply addressing themselves as a physician associate? I think sure there are. You know, there's title protection on a name, and in each state you're licensed as a, you know, whatever your name is, you know, in your licensure. And ours, in most cases, is physician assistant. And we'd have to go back and do that. I don't think there's much in the law where if you had a name tag that said, Dave Mittman, physician assistant, and I came in and said, hi, I'm Dave, I'm Dr. Smith's associate, I'm a PA, and I'm here to take care of you, and my name tag clearly said I'm a physician assistant, that would be fine too. But I don't think any of us want to go about using the name, even if we graduate with it, which is strange, without really having it be our legal professional name. And what needs to happen for the name to be changed? I'm not sure. Obviously, most of this legislation would be done on a state level. If I was king for a day, what I would do is I would meet with organized medicine. I'd explain the problem, and I think most people understand the problem. Most physicians I've met clearly understand the problem, that words are powerful, that this word just doesn't really work for us anymore. And things like that happen. This is great. It's an opportunity to really be more accurate, more precise, and when a physician goes and makes rounds or goes away for the weekend and the PA is in the office on Saturday, that it doesn't seem like they're being seen by a medical assistant. So if we went and explained where we were coming from, the genesis of the change, that it's not going to affect the way we practice at all, that we still want to be members of the team, and that the team, you know, obviously the team's evolving. It's not the same as it was 20 and 30 years ago. And there are people out there with 20 and 30 years experience. So the whole change is great. There's nothing wrong with change. And I would think that we'd be able to have organized medicine say, you know what, you people have been really have worked with us for 40 years. You haven't asked a lot. You haven't rattled the cages very much. We owe you this one. This is a chip that you guys have earned. It's on the table. Sure, pick it up and take it. So we can't talk about the name change without also addressing the word supervision. You're also opposed to the word supervision. Why? Again, I think many PAs are, and it's not just me, but it's not about being quote-unquote supervised or not. It's about what these words mean, and, and supervision's a different word, and it's not one that I'm as caught up on. But when you take these words and you tell them to consumers, to patients, to the public, to legislators, what they hear is not what the word means in medicine or certainly not what the word means to PAs and the physicians they work with. And supervision to anyone means that the person who's supervising has to watch, constantly watch, visually watch the person who's being supervised, usually because they're not adept yet at, at doing the tasks they need to do. 
imagine, you know, coming home from work and, and you know, I, I would walk in and, and say hi to my wife and I'd say, you know, the strangest thing happened today. We hired a guy, he has 30 years experience and he's really good at what he does. In fact, the second he started, you knew he was a pro. He actually was in Iraq and led a, a medical battalion of 250 people. He was in charge of their health care. Came back, and you know what's strange, honey? He has to be supervised. And I think my wife would say, well, you know, anyone, when you start at a new job, that's, that always happens. You have to be supervised, and then they kind of let you do your job. And I'm like, no, the stranger thing is he has to be supervised the rest of his life. To the public, supervision means... And I know, I know it's a political word, and I know the AMA loves this word, but it really does mean... You have to be watched because you're not really good enough yet. At least it means that to me as someone in the public, not as a PA. And, and I think that it's words are, you know, again, words are powerful. And I know there some of them, supervision is certainly a, a political word. And it's not one that I'd want to tackle. But I think it's another one of those words that is confusing and certainly confusing to patients who think that someone's going to come in and maybe check everything you do. And that's just not the case. It's not the case in state laws. You know, collaborative, as the nurse practitioners have, is the nicer word. It's the only way to describe it. it. Again, it's more accurate. You know, again, I'm getting older, and I think PAs are owed something by the people that we work with. And some of those are just words to better describe the things we do. Dave, you've been a longtime advocate of PAs and MPs working together to promote their mutual interests. And you've created both the American College of Clinicians and Clinician One. Can you tell us about those and tell us about your vision of what could happen if PAs and MPs work together? Not only PAs and NPs should be working together and communicating and talking and learning from each other, but so should physicians. I don't think there are many courses where we're all taught to work like a team. And today, when you graduate, generally you're thrown into a team and egos take over and people aren't sensitive and I think one of the things we needed to do as PAs and NPs was learn about each other. And, and the American College Clinicians was started really to, to introduce NPs to PAs and PAs to NPs. They have that nursing kind of model. We have more of a medical model. But yet at the end of the day, we've taken two different ladders and we're standing on the same roof. And without putting down any physicians, I think they've taken a third ladder, and they're really standing on the same roof. If somebody comes in and they have uh, an, an acute belly pain, we're all looking at somebody who has acute belly pain. And that's really what I think we miss, and, and I think we all need to get down to, is that we all need each other, and we're all really doing the same thing, and we're under attack by the same people. NPs and PAs are not the enemy. Thank you, Dave, for coming on the show. You're welcome. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. And thanks for listening.